Welcome to the Anime Backlog, a podcast featuring three weebs forcing each other to finally watch each other's anime recommendations. A note that episodes will contain spoilers about that week's featured anime and will have explicit language. You can follow the show for updates on Twitter at the Anime Backlog. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Anime Backlog Podcast. Today's episode, Man Down number two. I'm joined this time by my co-host, Nick Sparts. How's it going? And I think we've officially settled on side quest is what we're going to call these. But Side quest? <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, anywho, so side quest, episode two, Dan and Nick. Uh, if you recall from the previous side quest we had, we uh, talked about Watamote as our upcoming episode. So Nick and I have watched twelve episode of or twelve episodes of 2013's Watamote or Watashiga Motenai Noa Do Kange Temo Omeru Gawarui, uh, which I widened it up real good. Which the English translation on that is: No matter how I look at it, it's your guys' fault. I'm not popular. Yes. Which is, while it is a word salad, it encapsulates the, sh- uh, the, encapsulates the show pretty good. Um, so, Nick, uh, I've seen this before, but Nick has not. Um, I watched this when it first came out in 2013, and I hadn't seen it since. So it was a, a good 10-year revisit. Uh, what did you think? Adaption, I think, did a really good job on this one. I really loved the OP. Uh, EDs were solid. Music generally was pretty good. I liked a lot of the art style choices on that they did for visuals, uh, especially when they were depicting emotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Wasn't quite Bochi tier, which I'll probably tie a lot of this episode to Bochi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tomoko is dark Bochi for sure. And this is going to be a triple c thick butt coming (laughs) i hated this show oh really so very much oh man tomoko is a little misogynistic incel gremlin and i hate her (laughs) she is she is uh Uh, and i i just hate cringe comedy period oh Uh, like i i don't like the office at all uh and other comedies like that i tend to really not like Sometimes they can kind of get me when they do like an always sunny thing where it's kind of rotates who's playing the straight man. And there's so like oh, two of yeah. them are playing in, being insane and one's being kind of normal. That can kind of work. But when you make the only point of view character just this hateful little person, <laughs> just like could not do it. Um, yeah. And I mean, through 12 episodes, there's just very minor character growth at mm-hmm. all for her. That's the biggest gripe, I think, with and most she, of the show. And yeah, just there's so few likable characters in here because her whole family's not likable either. It's oh no, absolutely it, not. It was, this was painful. I really hated this. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I keep I keep doing all these good shows that everyone likes, so that's a big shocker, apparently. Uh, no, it 
it's a six nine. It's uh, on. It's a six nine nine on Mal. It probably belongs there. I enjoyed it, but <clears throat> I had to have like a conversation with my partner about like some perspective on why Tomoko is like unfortunately somewhat realistic because being young, hormonal, and like lonely is uh, a rough time. It makes you think crazy shit. If if Tomoko was a boy going through all this, I would be concerned about where she where they keep the guns. Is kind of what this character was to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I I chalked a lot of it up to just how delusional the character was and didn't take oh, she too much. Is, she is She's super the, narcissistic. Has uh-huh. crazy social anxiety on top of it and then just desperately needs a therapist and a warm family member to Oh help yeah. Her. No, there's no <sighs> Well, I mean every anime needs a therapist. Uh and it, then we I, wouldn't I think be watching. This might be the one that needs it the most. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a contender. I don't know. Uh This is a uh, Wat- has a lot of the same like character Maybe not the exact same like issues, but it's on the same tier as like uh, Rudy from Jobless Reincarnation. I think if, there's a, some parallels. If, to, there, if Tomoko sure. was like 35, they might just be the same person, just gender swapped. Like she is yeah. that problematic. Yeah, but you know, Ru- Rudy has had some uh, wild situations to have a lot of growth or die, basically, uh, and. Uh, Tomoko has some growth through the show, just just a bit, but it's it's generally viewed as like not enough. It's always like three steps forward, two steps back, or two and a half steps back. <laughs> uh, but I I enjoyed my rewatch more or less. The some of the cringy parts were a little rough for me, but I like cringe humor. Yeah, that definitely not my thing. I'm definitely on the opposite side where I like the like generally positive uplifting style humor so much more mm. parks and rec versus the office for me gotcha um i think i probably enjoy it about as much as i rewatched it i was worried that i would like like it less or it was going to be another k scenario for me at least uh but like i don't disagree with your <laughs> assessment at all like she's tomoko is not a like a good person yet <laughs> she's got a lot of room to grow and it's it's interesting to see her try but the author and what they did with the show didn't do enough to have like more growth which is m- my biggest complaint like if she grew a lot like they just showed like episode 1 to 12 she's able to say goodbye mostly Kinda. to her teacher <laughs> and and so from what I've read is early on, there was really not a whole lot of connection in the manga between it was just it, cringy scene after cringy scene was yeah. basically the setup for the first couple uh, books of the manga. And then finally, after that, he starts getting some growth. But like the hug scene in episode 11 with the uh, uh, the student council yeah. pres- or the um, I forget what it was, some sort of school of uh, student official like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hugged her. 
in in a bear in a bear costume. Uh-huh. Uh, that was like the first moment of Tomoko growth is that happens in the manga, but it's episode eleven, and then it just like it's already over. <laughs> yeah, episode eleven. We should probably stop there because twelve backtracked on that little like nice, I guess, high point in this in the plot where there's these little bits here and there where she's so delusional and you know st- stuck in her own head that she doesn't notice that there are like people around all of the people around her her parents aren't terribly supportive and her brother's dismissive but like the rest of her classmates are like at least polite to her and talk to her every now and then and her friend you is fantastic and yeah she has people that are at least okay like people don't dislike her because she doesn't interact with them and then in her Mm -hmm. in her delusion she views them as like npcs yeah 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 um, but we can just do a quick little episode to episode breakdown because you liked it so much. And, uh, but damn, we open with, uh, a story about <laughs> a story that doesn't matter according to the, uh, 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 announcer in the background. And we see our character Tomoko sitting in a room trying, doing the research on an unpopular girl and what that means. And the definition was very strange. This had to have been urban dictionary type bullshit. (laughs) Cause it Uh, was like that. That's not how I would define unpopularity. Yeah. It was like something about like, it was specifically like not attracting interest from boys and likely a virgin, I believe was specifically Mm -hmm. in it. It was like, that's very odd. Um, And then she, (sighs) Does a bunch of research. It's this. Oh no, Death Note bits a little bit later. Uh, this oh, the early bit is her playing up how she's gonna be like. All right, middle school kind of sucked, but high schools. I'm gonna make it big, and then always in her little fantasies, and they usually choose a different art style. But in her fantasies, she's always a uh, like drawn very differently. Uh, popular and well lit yeah the, the big difference always though is the bags under her eyes the are bags like, if she's if she's in a fantasy she has no bags if she's in reality she yeah. has the bags under her eyes yeah that's always the tell uh i actually i forgot to mention that too i loved all the anime references because and there was oh, yeah. a ton of wild them. So uh, many. nozaki showed up like three or four times there mm-hmm. was at least three or four kon references that i caught uh yep. there was um, Ghost in the Shell, Death Note. If you are really into anime, like there's a ton of references you can pick up from this. Unfortunately, it's just surrounded by uh, deeply upsetting cringe comedy. If that's not yeah. your thing, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like cringe comedy, and uh, so I get a kick out of it. But, um, but then, then you're you're just a real nice person. You know, you that's what we appreciate about you. Yeah, and I. I I'm seeing people like struggle, like in like being the focus of it. Just my empathy just skyrockets and I just want to run the fuck away. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So in this episode though, she tries to give herself kind of a makeover and it's just a disaster. (laughs) It's just a disaster. And then she (laughs) greets her little brother that's coming home. Who's like an incredibly normal Probably even like the protagonist of his own anime story because he's really good at soccer and all this other crap. Yeah, and he has. It seems like a semi-normal social life, but he also doesn't seem like 
the most well-adjusted person. He's yeah. he's better, better but, for sure. But, but he's not great. He's and, he's got the bags under the eyes. It must be a family thing. Yeah, he also, he stalls the bags under the eyes, so you can tell they're related. Um, <laughs> and then, but then, yeah, they're he definitely yells at and hits his sister a lot, which isn't great. Oftentimes, she's done something to provoke this, but he definitely will escalate the situation. Yeah. Which, that felt realistic for siblings, right? Re- realistic, but not necessarily healthy. No, 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 no. No one says nearly anything about this show is healthy, other than her friend you. And even then, it, sounds, it seems like you should probably get rid of Tomoko, because... That's like a very one-sided relationship. But anywho. Well, I mean, Tomoko doesn't directly treat her bad. Tomoko has some thoughts about her, which should make you want to reestablish a relationship if yeah. she was aware of yeah. them. That's but, fair. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tomoko doesn't verbalize those things to you, at least. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we have an early Gundam like splash screen. They pop into our Orin Host Club uh, fantasy land. Uh, there was a Gantz and Parasite reference at one point. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Parasite reference. That, <laughs> that was in there. And then, uh, so she plays dating sims to practice this. Um, that doesn't really work out so good. But, you know, they have a cool Death Note montage of her clicking and searching stuff. It, that was which, her research scene of, like, how to make herself prettier. <laughs> Yeah, and it was the but the, all the, like the crazy flourishes and and ridiculous camera pans. That's totally the first time the the Death Note gets used with like a bunch of different people's names. Uh but yeah, she says toxic shit like, "Oh, hey brother, talk to me for one hour every day." And then he's like, "No, get out." She goes, "Okay, I guess I'll kill myself," which is shit a fourteen year old girl would say or person who is unwell. And uh, manipulative. But I, I did appreciate, though, that she was talking about, like, oh, ever since middle school, I felt like the difficulty of my game or my life, like the game of life has gone up. I'm in hard mode now. <laughs> It'll be nightmare mode once I get out of high school. What do I do? Yeah, yeah, th- that, that part is correct. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you th- if you think this is hard... Uh- Try making friends when you're in your uh, 30s. That gets way more difficult. <laughs> oh, dude, it's it's nearly impossible. Like, it's so much effort. And then, I don't know. I, I've been fortunate in, in that regard, but I, I, I see how incredibly difficult it is. It's it's so much easier whenever you're like, like a coworker or a schoolmate or something because you're that it's that like accidental repeated interactions that you have with someone that you can build that relationship with casually. Well, and there's some sort of structure to force you to be in proximity with each yeah, other. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some, some outside force putting people together. But, like, if you're not, and it's like, all right, what do you do? Talk to someone at a bookstore? Well, coffee shop? Worked for you and Marcus on the bookstore side. <laughs> I didn't, I just talked to Marcus. Marcus didn't give me too didn't pay too much attention to me until we worked <laughs> together. And um uh but you know it's it's worked out since, but but that wasn't really going anywhere until we started becoming coworkers, or then I was dating someone who was their coworker previously, stuff like that. And then we were neighbors for a bit, so that helps. But yeah, making friends is hard, no matter what age, but it's it's a little easier 
when you have to sit next to 30 of them every day. Uh, so, but she, she leaves school and at one point in the first episode and we get the first glimpse of just how socially crippled she is. She said, like the teacher who's out by the gate, I guess the PE teacher usually, I don't know, I guess that's the trope, but whatever teacher's out there. I think it was her homeroom teacher. Oh, it was her homeroom teacher? Okay. Uh, says goodbye. And then she, the first time she just, she mumbles goodbye eventually and then she runs away and is ultra stoked about talking to a guy (laughs) even though it wasn't but she was riding that high and then ended up going to a manga shop to see how people who were worse off than her (laughs) go about their free time i guess and then this is i think the first scene at least the first scene i specifically recall where tomoko is super super slut shamey and i was not really okay with it yeah there's there's a lot of slut shame type stuff and it's just very it's rough i imagine it's uh not the most uh like it's not unrealistic for people to be like that mean to each other and and you know because i I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dumb boy so I, I don't know what's going on in in a 14 year old girl's head but it doesn't seem too far off the mark for the type of character that we've already been set up Tomoko is. But but this this is the part that made me think of her as an incel, which is the constant oh, she slut shamey and how absolutely misogynistic an she was. It was oof. absolutely. Uh absolutely an incel. There's a in, indefensible. I'll give you that. Uh But, you know, she's she's still riding the high of mumbling goodbye to the teacher goes to a mcdonald's has a burger gobby gobbies it down she said gobby 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 uh scarfed it down and was just kind of reflecting on it until she noticed her classmates showing up and uh they had this fun little top down of the all the seating arrangements where they were her plans of attack to leave because she didn't she was so afraid of interacting with them or just re- refused to. So her plan was to screw up her face in a particular way. Well, she ba- she regave herself the makeover again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got this like crazy duck face. And then... And just messed her uniform up so it looked really yep. different. She makes it past him. One of them sit, like, kind of notices and then moves on. Uh, but then she rounds the corner and starts heading down the stairs, and her brother comes around the corner. And, and it's just flabbergasted, like, <laughs> w- what the hell's the matter with you? What's wrong energy? with you? <laughs> yeah. But then, you, I don't know. I, I still felt bad for Tomoko, because she's uh, one of the friends of the little brother was like, oh, that chick was super ugly. <laughs> and then, like, having to hear that just uh, sounds... That's pretty rough. Oh yeah, it, I was sympathetic for Tomoko at this point, but I thought she was problematic, but potentially sympathetic. The problem is, is we keep going. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, sympathy just one. doesn't go anywhere. Episode <laughs> two. <laughs> um, this is where we meet you for the first time. Yeah, yeah. She uh, is listening to. Uh, a CD of Yandere Boy's verbal abuse <laughs> and and uh, 
which enjoying herself. I don't know where this trope comes from, but this is definitely a trope because uh, in a later season of Kaguya-sama, there's another character who's listening to like, uh, like just audio of like boys. I, that one's boys complimenting her, but it's like a similar vibe of like a recorded <laughs> audio session of just boys saying stuff to you. Man, being being a kid is rough. I I, I will say that there you, you have all of these. Like you're a person, you know, someone infected some stardust with conch with, with like sentience and you're having to fucking navigate your way through that shit as yeah, with with limited autonomy and a brain that's still developing and for social interactions. It's yeah. it's definitely tough, but well, Tomoko does not rise to the occasion for that. Um, no, <laughs> her phone goes off and she just panics and says, why is my phone going off? Oh, it's nobody a calls call. me. Yeah, it's obviously yeah, but, a debt collector, <laughs> and it's her friend, and she seems real nice. And then she looks at the calendar, and her calendar's absolutely empty. And there was it, this, mm-hmm. but this is you get the moment of her thinking she's like, oh. At least if I hang out with you, I'll feel better about myself. Which is like, yeah, she was horrible. looking down on you in their relationship the whole time. Because it it looked like, and especially from the other flashbacks, that you was the more passive friend in their relationship. Yeah, yeah, and I would say they kind of designed her as a stereotypical, like just nerdy, quiet girl. Mm-hmm. But made sure to clarify, doesn't get great grades, even though she's nerdy. <laughs> Uh, yeah uh but then for breakfast she decides to eat wait way too much natto has like package after package of it well yeah she's gonna start her stay strong so she eats like a double breakfast and then (laughs) runs to school (laughs) and then runs to school pukes it up uh and then she gets hungry in like the first or second period or something yeah and She's like, oh, I'm going to. And then she has all these crazy delusions in her head where she's like, oh, I'm going to be the cute girl who just likes to eat a lot and be quirky. <laughs> and then and everyone's then she, like, why are you eating at 9 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's only second period. Who's eating their lunch already? And oh, and then later on, she's talking about. I think a baseball comes rolling her way and she's like walking around outside of school. And then, yeah, and she gives it back to like the team uh, manager, the baseball manager, and she says some of the crudest shit about her. Well, <laughs> um, thinks thinks or thinks or thinks these things when this person just came up to her and was like absolutely like perfectly polite and reasonable, and just like thanks for get, grabbing the ball for me and just running yeah, back to the team. It's like just do her thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no. Th- at this point, I've already written like she's an incel. Hundred percent. Um, so then, after that, you know, I said I have already written like Dark Bochi strikes again, uh, but she she gets to meet up with her friend you. And oh, so you, uh, before oh, that, we had the scene where uh, she had skipped the pair's portrait drawing, so she had to make it up after school. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then it was the kid who was like working on his friend's manga. So he drew all his background characters the same. So he just drew her exactly like one of the background characters. In the yeah. Manga. And she so, liked it a lot. So I'm pretty sure that was explicitly a Nozaki reference. But then there was also Nozaki manga showing up constantly oh, yeah. in it. Constantly. I think that was the most consistent reference, too. 
yeah if there was a book being read or like they were she was on a website like looking at anime stuff at some point and also saw nozaki so apparently apparently nozaki and watamote came from the same webcomic site oh okay so that's the connection uh but yeah he he cranked it out super fast uh tomoko wanted a copy of it because she thought this this boy who she was not very kind to in her own description of him well yeah she was she viewed him as pathetic was like well maybe i'll be nice to him if he talks to me yeah. but he's just like i just want to get out of here i got stuff to do yeah yeah and she wants a copy for herself because it's so cute and then we find out later yeah it's just the stock character number two in the background that he just cranked out but yeah. she meets up with uh you and you was uh, had like the the twin like or I don't know if it was twin tails or long hair and then the glasses that covered up most of her face and was the quiet girl and her friend is now like uh, in in frame for the first time in real time and Tomoko is devastated because her friend has had quite the glow up. She even says at one point something about like oh why the miniskirt is that an invitation like what. <laughs> What are you talking about, Tomoko? You're um, nuts. Yeah, her her glow up reminded uh, reminded me a lot of uh, Hinata from A Place Further Than the Universe, like very similar aesthetic. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Kind of the bright, the big bright eyes and the blonde hair, kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of similar to character design. But use like ultra friendly and op- and just just stoked to be there to see her friend and. You know, that's the other thing that's kind of interesting because, like, they were in the same class, I imagine, during middle school. But then she goes, they, like, half a semester almost without talking to a single person. And I believe we're led, we're led to believe that this is her first time t- reaching out and talking to you since leaving middle school. Like, you got you, you got to maintain these friendships. Like, they... they I mean, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, especially when you're struggling to make new ones. Like, I'm amazed you didn't call her after like two weeks. Yeah, be like, yo, this shit ain't working out. <laughs> no, and p- part of it is Tomoko is so delusional, and like, I they view themselves like they're going to become popular any day mm-hmm. now. It's just going to happen. So mm-hmm. why put in the work of maintaining these relationships? Um, and they go get some coffee. Something about Frappuccino says gets gets said at one point because she mishears Frappuccino, and uh, they walk by an arcade, uh, like an arcade hall, like whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and they have and, a chat about just like anime and manga and stuff. Yeah, and so that's where Tomiko's like, oh, at, she's still you, even though she's had this kind of glow up, and mm-hmm. we can still be friends. We can still talk about stuff we like. So. At this moment, I was kind of hopeful like this would be a positive yeah. push. Uh, unfortunately, this was the first of many that was immediately grabbed away. No, nope, two steps back. Because <laughs> then she gets a phone call and is like, oh, thanks. This was nice to hang out. I just had my, I just had a fight with my boyfriend. And then she immediately whips out the Yandere boys <laughs> and then yep. just goes back into the hole. Uh, like, yeah. how, how dare she have a boyfriend before yeah. me? Yeah. And that brings us to episode three. Um, and this <laughs> and this is the first episode where we start hitting just every anime trope 
Oh yeah, yeah. In, in like that. Just basically the setup for every episode is all right. Which anime trope are we doing? So in this episode, it's a big rainstorm and an umbrella issue. Oh yeah, uh, but we start off with the uh, the missing book, textbook that she forgot. So then she tries to do her best to be invisible. Yeah, she tries to go like stealth mode so that no one will notice that she's not yeah yeah yeah. Book. This is some some hunter hunter bullshit going on. I gotta suppress my aura, and that fails horribly. Yeah, the, the teacher just walks by and goes, where the fuck's your textbook? What are you doing with yourself right now? Why didn't you yeah. ask anybody? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what normal people would do. Uh, hell, even in one of the flashbacks where she's like, no, I got talked to three times. And one of them was a, a boy saying, hey, I forgot my textbook. Let me scoot over. Yeah. Um. But yes, we got the rain episode. Her... She she brings the umbrella, but then it gets busted during a big gust. So well, then, well, before it gets busted, mm, she misplaced it, and she thought she put it in a different oh. rack, and it wasn't there. And she starts like accusing people of the most heinous shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll kill I'll kill the umbrella thief. <laughs> yeah, like, and then she's like, "Oh no, it's right over here." Like, oh, oh, it's over here. <laughs> maybe don't <laughs> rock it up to ten immediately. Maybe check yourself a little bit yeah. <laughs> before you totally freak the fuck out. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, she's out in the wild with the umbrella. It gets jacked up because of a big gust and is ends up in under this like covered bench area in like a it, park or something. Yeah. It's basically a, just a place for people to sit where it's either shaded or uh, covered from rain in a park yeah. area. Yeah. And then these other two boys show up similar situation. It looks like one of theirs umbrellas got jacked up. And this is another, this whole scene was like another one of those, like, oh, Tomoko's making some steps forward, but then, like, takes just as many steps back. Because they try to have a conversation with her, she fails at it, runs off to the bathroom, comes back, they're gone. Well, after making a, like, a weird, very, joke. very poor self-deprecating joke. Self-defecating joke. Oh, and that too. <laughs> And, you know, she comes back, the boys are gone, and then she ends up taking a nap on this bench. And then, like, the the boy that was, like, initiated conversation with her runs back with another umbrella and leaves it there. Like, but she wakes up and is just like, ha, some idiot left their umbrella behind. Lucky me. (laughs) Yeah, never thinking that, hey, maybe they came back and left it for me. Also, I don't know why they didn't wake her up. Like, I I would have absolutely woken the person up. Yeah, like... I don't know that you want to be sleeping here when it's raining outside. Yeah, no, that's not great. Even though you're covered, it's probably not the ideal place to be. But it's just like, like a, here's another instance of you seeing like Tomoko has perfectly nice, like she's shown acts of kindness with some frequency and just is so stuck in her own head that she just can't even perceive that other people are being nice. Yeah, or use that as an opportunity to eat, not even just or, or try talking to him, just start thinking of people a little bit better would be a good start. Yeah, right. Yeah. She, she says, I, I thought I'd just take a dump outside that restroom as her joke. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there was a, I think we had some fast rapid fire Kuroko, no basket reference. Then we had a ghost in the shell reference. 
Yeah, the ghost in the shell reference was a sniper taking somebody out. And then yep. when she pulled the trigger, she got hit in the head with a basketball. She got taken the fuck out by a basketball. Well, uh, this also continues the Japanese trend of, oh, if you don't dry off quickly enough after getting wet, you'll automatically get a fucking cold. Because <sighs> she she literally is in the bathroom drying herself off and then pins the door closed so her brother can't dry himself yeah, off quickly yeah, what, enough. What a, what a little shit. So, of course, he gets a deathly cold. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then she has a very strange relationship with her brother. Yeah, the things she accuses him of <laughs> for no reason are yeah, crazy. Like, well, she, like, he was, you know, it seems like every mild illness in anime is always this, like, you're, you're bedridden, you're barely conscious, and someone has to take care of you. And so the sister, for whatever reason, decides that she wants to go in there so that she can get sick too because she didn't want to go to school (laughs) yeah she wanted to be sick for the next day which obviously is a stupid idea as they will show later but (laughs) yep yep so she's hanging out with the brother mom's like oh you're hanging out in here here you help out and then eats his snacks and yeah, eats like his snacks. Throws this wet rag on his face. <laughs> the wet rag that she never rings out very good. So, but like, uh, but she says this crazy line. Uh, it's like, oh, it's your sister in a schoolgirl in a school uniform. Perks you up, perks you up down below, doesn't it? And then he's like, what the fuck? Get out of my room. Um. Yeah, but she, then she, but then she, she has this like. Uh, desire for him to be a total siscon and he's just yeah. not playing with it no he's not no he's not and even though it sounds like they were when they were children something changed but that, that was another one that they never really expanded upon was like their actual brother sister relationship yeah because uh, they had that video i forget what i think it was like 10 maybe mm-hmm. where they were really close and really happy hanging out with each other but then it seems like their relationship has kind of grown distant, which oh, yeah. often happens. I think that's when, very normal when yeah. you get into like ten plus age and hormones start raging and people become little raging shits. Mm-hmm. And you know, she cry, like uh, these two girls show up, which I I don't know if they did this on purpose, but these two girls visit the house for Tomoki's like handout. I don't know schedule, whatever the fuck. Something from the school, and they're handing, and they they're very concerned about them. And I th- I thought it was interesting because they looked kind of like the NPC faces uh, that the other guy was drawing. Whenever they cut to him, like working on a manga, may have me and me, me putting two and two together too much, but they they looked very very plain and the samey. Um, and then she's just devastated that she <laughs> that uh, he's getting this handout. And then a new visitor shows up. She goes from like crying to ultra stoked, runs downstairs, and it was a delivery. Uh, and she gets back to being sad. Yep. No one came and got brought her a handout, so her day is ruined. Yeah, yeah. Because she missed a half day because she got taken out by a bas- basketball. Um, but you know, but there was one one small glimmer that in the middle of the night she woke up. And then did the wet rag for the brother, although she didn't ring it out, so it just ran down him in a river. Uh, but I don't know. If she was a complete garbage person, then she wouldn't have 
woken up in the middle of the night and continued her duties, I think. I think that was like a small glimmer, but they don't they never really capitalize it or 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 add upon it that much. Yeah, it's all shame. it's all just small little spots here of like, oh, maybe this is a moment of growth and then immediately retract it with the, mm-hmm. like the next scene. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then the next day, he's feeling a bit better and she's all pissed that he she didn't catch it uh cuz after she gets home from school and then says and then he says you know, it can take time for you to catch a cold, right? It doesn't necessarily hit you immediately. And then she immediately yep. starts coughing and is sick for the whole weekend. Yeah, that sucks. That's uh, so why if you're going to try, try this plan, do it on a Monday, not a Thursday. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, episode four, we get this um, strange plot of you can give yourself erotic dreams if you sleep on your stomach because it will suffocate you slightly yeah it was basically like if you cut the oxygen to your brain you'll get erotic dreams they're like wouldn't you just wake up like gasping for air yeah. well no no it's called sleep apnea and um <laughs> well that is what happens you're just not <laughs> conscious for it yeah 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 uh but this this these like tips on how to make erotic dreams were scrolling by like a star wars intro which was very strange um she tries it has a bunch of terrible nightmares and gets to school ultra tired because she didn't sleep at all. Well, yeah, because she didn't give up. She kept trying all she fucking kept night. <laughs> trying. Was like stuffing a stuffed animal in her shirt to suffocate her better, I guess. Just wasn't working. But she gets to school, falls asleep in, in the class. Teacher walks by to like, I get, were they reading from a book or something? I don't know. But. Teacher tries to interact with her, and then she's got uh, she's having herself a nice dream, and then <laughs> I don't know. I like the humor. Well, that's that's weird, but like the teacher just going, hmm. Yep, I'm turning around and not acknowledging this. I'm not going to do anything about this. I'm just leaving. Yeah, this starts the trend of adults seeing something fucking psychotic and no nope. perverse that Tomoko is doing, and them just kind of ignoring it. Uh. Because it'll happen with both of her parents in this episode and a later episode. Yeah, it's like they don't pay me enough for this shit. But the parents, though. Yeah, I mean, again, if we had, like, well-adjusted, nice parents, we wouldn't have an anime. Uh, True. At least they're around, I guess. At least they're around. <laughs> Nozaki-kun was living on his own. Um, and then we get into the grope plot, which is fucked up. This was one of the ones I struggled with the most, especially when she was like fantasizing about being groped and asking you know, other people. Uh, she was asking you, like, like in a "Have you ever been groped?" Like, I want a cool story out of it. Type yeah, vibe. So this was when I had to like go talk to Audrey, and I was like, "Man, because because I watched this in, in 2013, I was fucking what 23, 24, so." Still, still undercooked in in the in the old noggin head, and I th- I thought the show was just funny, and I didn't really think too much of it, other than Tomoko's kind of a piece of shit. But you know, these days I'm like, Ugh, this is rough. And but then I talked to Audra, and then you know, my partner's like, you know, hormones, kids, kids, you know, you'll think crazy shit. And I was like, yeah, but Tomoko like acts on it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and then think some really mean shit constantly. But we're only getting, 
you know, the highlights of her day type of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's mad weird. So because she's listening to her classmates talk about, oh, I got groped recently, and they talk about their experiences. She eventually calls you, checks it out, and then she goes on to the train to like purposely get get touched, or at least I don't know, roll the dice. And then there was a mad rush to fill the car that she was in. It was it was such a human crush that she got lifted up off the ground. Well, I think what it was, it was the train had gotten delayed because there was a like a safety button pushed. Mm-hmm. So they stopped the train and then it showed up to the platform late. And so just everyone who'd been waiting rushes onto the yeah, train. Yeah. And she gets like lifted into the air, like her feet off the ground at a concert type situation. Mm-hmm. And then she uh Apparently I forgot about this whole th- this this whole bit because I was just flabbergasted because when she came back down, she felt something between her legs and have this pretty rough sequence of events where she thinks she's being actively assaulted that gets to the next stop. She jumps out of the cart, looks up at like for some reason, the entire train platform is staring at her. And then she's like, I'm being assaulted or, you know, whatever. I'm being touched. And then they all look back and it's someone's practice Naginata. That during the crush of the, the car moving around, the, her, the this this other young girl's Naginata, like, polearm sword fell and um, got caught between Tomoko's legs. Yeah, and then and then that happened. Uh and then we moved on to the panties arc. So the panties plot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, this this starts the trend of Tomoko. Like, first it was the groping, and now panties just asking you just some wild shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. She opens the phone call. What kind of panties are you wearing? You're just like, what? Wh- what? <laughs> and then uh, she explains it after using more words. They go to what looks like some sort of... Uh, it's, undergarment it's basically store. Victor, Victoria's Secret, yeah. but Japanese. It smelled like peaches. She goes to the thing, she sniffs, starts sniffing some, a pant, some panties, and like, oh my god, these smell so great. And she's like, no, everything in here smells like peaches. Stop. Yeah, that's the store, not the underwear. That's Settle the, the fuck down. <laughs> and and uh, and and then she like looks up at her friend at one point after looking at all the panty options and says, "What kind of panties do you see me in?" And then her friend just says, I've never thought about that. Not even once. <laughs> just, straight, just straight up says, what the fuck are you asking me? I've never. And then, and I forgot what where she, what she said about this line. She was like envisioning like, oh man, if I were a boy, I'd be so hard. Uh, and I, I forget what it was, but man, she, yeah, she's, she's got these like horrible, horrible thoughts most of the time. Yeah, but um, she gets these panties, and then she hems and haws about wearing them, but then decides to take them to school. Well, no, I think she did, thought it. She grabbed them, thinking it was her handkerchief. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So but then, she, so she thought she'd left them at home, and then was like waving them in front of her face because she was hot, and so she was just <laughs> waving these expensive panties she had just bought out in front of everybody. Yeah. And then has a meltdown when she realizes what she did and just rips them to shreds. It was because doesn't a, doesn't another teacher see it? No, like what one of the other students sees her doing it. Oh God! 
Yep. Yep. Which, don't be wrong. That's some embarrassing shit. You can still come back from that. I promise you, Tomiko, you're fine. Wait, Stop having personal, terrible thoughts personal, about people. Personal experience there, Nick? You, you uh, s- similar tier embarrassments that oh, I had man. in my youth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and, but then she's heading home to cheer herself up from having these horrible panty experience. She buys herself a boy love game. And she's like, oh, it's not normally my thing, but whatever. I'll try it out. But then they give her like a raffle ticket for the stall next down the road, whatever the hell. And of course, she wins uh, like a Hitachi massaging wand. Yep. Which was third prize, which. Third prize. Third prize. Those are not cheap. They are not. And so <laughs> she's walking down this like shopping district with a massager and a porno game in her hand. Why Let's didn't she get a bag? Get a bag. <laughs> That's what they're for. <laughs> and so other she, people can't see the weird shit you're carrying. <laughs> she's like, ah, oh, this is great. And then she's just working her neck <laughs> and her shoulders and stuff and playing this game. And then I guess falls asleep during this. They have this nice scene of her dad getting home with some cake from a client. Yeah. Which I think this is the only time we see her dad. Yeah. Pretty absent. Yeah, he he's listed in the Wikipedia as just a salary man, so he's just not oh, around. <laughs> oh man, uh, I think that's canon though. Uh, so but it's it, it this was a nice little thing where he's like, oh yeah, I got some cake from some clients. I'll, I'll go get the kids. You know, um, I thought that was nice. But then he goes up and he sees Tomoko in this uh, precarious situation where she's like passed out on what seemingly passed out on the ground. There's a porno game in the background, and the Hitachi wand is still going just on the ground. Yep, just vibrating on the he, floor. Because he like gets outside, he's like, "What's the fuck's that noise?" And then opens it, and just the scene is in front of him. <laughs> and like, and this is like another scene of people still being nice to her. <laughs> he just goes in, turns it off, you know, sits her up, and then takes her to bed. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he puts her in bed, shuts the game off, turns off the Hitachi wand, and just leaves. And yeah, doesn't make it weird. Just be like, ah, oh, fucking, this yeah, fucking fu- kids. Yeah, fucking, fucking hormonal, mortal teenagers will do weird shit. Whatever. Yeah, I thought that was it. Was it, for me, it was like a weirdly nice thing that the dad could have done in the situation. It was nice, but given everything else we know about oh, Tomoko, sure. this probably should have been a. We probably need to get her into therapy. Moments of. <laughs> Well, Salary Man ain't got time for that. Yeah, apparently not. I, uh, I'm, at, I'm at the office 12 hours a day. Nobody got time for therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Episode five. Uh, oh, yeah. This the, is the one where she tries to be this co- the cool, silent character, um, which is what, a cootere, yeah. if I remember right? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's not going well. Uh, we have a nice uh, coffee scene, which felt like I don't know who did it first. It was, it was Nietzsche Joe or Watamo, but they they go to have a coffee, and then they're they're presented the sizes, and they have trouble with them because, to be fair, they're nonsense. Starbucks, your naming convention for your sizes is nonsense. You know, unfortunately, they've gotten big enough that it's just been accepted into the cultural lexicon. They've made, so we're, we're fucking stuck with it. Oh, no, no. It is now the new standard. Like, it's like how a word shows up in the dictionary. It just needs to get printed enough times, and it just hits this arbitrary amount that they've set. It's like, oh, no, that's a real word now. 
or and, or and or its usage. I'm, I mean, that is how language works. It is just bullshit that one company basically browbeats <sighs> into accepting this as okay. <laughs> I know, but but like, was it the the word literally the opposite? Because people have used it in such a way in a in, a, in the opposite of literal and figuratively that it literally now has both definitions. Mm-hmm. It contradicts itself, and it's all it's all context based, and I hate it. <laughs> Uh, anywho, literally though, the giant coffee, she, she asks for a G coffee. She goes giant. It's like, oh, grande. (laughs) And she makes this hellish concoction from the, um, the condiment bar, I guess. Yeah. Which had some stuff that I don't remember seeing in our Starbucks, but maybe it's a little different over there. Like she was like sprinkling in like chocolate and other things but then spills a crap ton of honey at the top, and it says, this is only something a bear could drink. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. That that part did get a laugh out of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, well, you know why we don't have those kinds of things? Because Starbucks America is just going to be like, well, we could charge them for it. Why would we give it to them? That doesn't make any fucking well, sense. Also, Think of we, the shareholders, Nicholas. We'd probably make a mess of it, too. Like, Garen giving us literally honey. <laughs> I guarantee you, it's set out there. Someone's going to open up a like a an empty cup and then just empty it and walk out. So and, also, and the whole counter it. will be sticky, <laughs> and you Ugh. just pray to God it's honey. <laughs> pray. <laughs> I did not get enough Starbucks reward points for this fucking sticky mess. Um, those expire too fast, by the way, Starbucks. I hate you. And <laughs> like, what's the point? Um, they could go to punch cards like. Uh, Grab a Java. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of waste. But their but their gift cards are all plastic, so they can fuck themselves on that. Anywho, this isn't about hating Starbucks and corporate America, even though it always feels like it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, she fell on her face, completely spills the drink, has a horrible time. Uh, eventually, has a weird side plot of the. Um, the, these like other cute girls from the class had a. They're talking about how much fun they had at the uh, photo booth, the uh, thing. I don't know what those are called. Oh, so this part, the way it ended, actually did give me one of the biggest laughs because yeah. her being like awkward in the photo booth was like whatever. If this is pretty much normal Tomoko, oh, yeah. But at the very end, when Tomoki gets back into his room and he's is the pictures of her are just plastered everywhere. <laughs> I, I did lose it at that scene. That was like, okay, that's actually funny. <laughs> so, so the like used sticker, like whenever you pop a sticker out of a like a sheet of them, and they have like the remaining uh, borders and shit, and that's still being utilized by a kid. That is a hundred percent canon. I did that shit, and I plastered it over shit. So they have like weird squares all over like old furniture of mine when I was a little kid. But yeah, her coming back in and filling and shittily filling them up, and then just plastering them everywhere. Well, yeah, and there was like other like framed photos, and she like would put one of her stickers <laughs> on the on yeah. the framed photo and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we have a plot where she's going to get more social skills by joining a hostess club as a hostess. Yep, type person. Which they called it a cabaret club, which I had not heard anime do that. In no, other- that had to have been a translation issue. Uh, but she did say that, like, going to one of these clubs, she'd be like, oh, I'd be like that white kid from Akira. <laughs> and it shows her as one of the creepy little psychic kids. 
Akira. Uh, but then she's like, okay, I'm going to get this job. I'm going to practice how to light cigarettes and I'm going to learn, uh, how to stir drinks, how to stir drinks. Those are the two things. That's the skills they're going to test me on, (laughs) which fucking idiot. I did like that delusion because it does. That one was pretty accurate to how, like, as a child, you thought about jobs and like, this is the important stuff that'll matter. Yeah. That that's not going to be the stuff that matters. I promise yeah, you. Yeah, you know this show's just about a, a doofy kid with a lot of problems. Um, to the point where she's practicing how to stir drinks. Her brother makes some coffee, and she just dumps a bunch of ice in it and just stirs it like in his face. He's like, I didn't want iced coffee. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> um, I when she was sitting on the park bench, like desperate to light some random dude's cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Um, um, so then she goes to the red light district to like try to find one of these jobs, and then just has a panic attack, which is understandable. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a lot for a kid. Uh, runs away. Yeah, which I wasn't aware Japan had red light districts. I thought that was a more European thing. Oh, I, th- I imagine. I mean, there's a lot of uh, European influences in Japan. There are, but. That a specific like red light district is definitely for me a European connotation, which hmm. so are cabaret clubs. So maybe that's where that's coming from. Um, cursory Google search. Uh, and there's there are entertainment districts in cities that have these nightclubs and shops and hostess and host clubs. There's one in Tokyo. It's a. Uh, it's called. Kabukicho uh, gets it over in Shinjuku, Tokyo, and it's a it's a red light. Okay, so they do exist there as well. Good to know. It looks it looks so clean. It uh, looks so not, clean. It's not the standard CD vibes for a no, 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 no. Like in America, like you would expect to see. I don't know. You'd probably see just trash everywhere, mostly. I have not been to anything I would classify as a red light district in the U.S. Uh, Closest I can put, it'd be like Vegas generally, <laughs> but <laughs> just all of Vegas. <laughs> but that's not yeah. quite the same thing as like a neighborhood. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, they don't have an HOA for the the red light district. And so, episode six, we have the the starting plot of watching fireworks. Yeah, we gotta get fireworks coming. So I watched like nine episodes yesterday and I was inebriated and for whatever reason this episode or at least this little plot had me rolling even though I I don't know I knew it was pretty it wasn't a highbrow by any means but it got me bad there, uh, there was some this episode actually had some good jokes I think there was a stretch in here I think it was I think it was kind of five and six and maybe even some of seven where I was like Okay, maybe maybe I'm vibing with this. There, there is a further episode though that that killed it for me. Sure, sure. <laughs> but the but the this bit and then the one after had me dying. The the ants. The, she was oh. just had all these fucking ants. Well, just when she because she plays the first day and she's like, "Oh, I look cuter today. This is great. I'm just gonna not sleep and shower at all for mm-hmm. days." And then she comes down <laughs> for breakfast that second day. And Toma Key looks at her and says, 
she looks like a greasy crow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then she had this like they even animated her hair to have the like oil, the oil slick sheen. Slick. <laughs> yeah, the oil slick colors on it. Uh, but but she was getting all jazzed up because her mom complimented her once. We'll we'll, we'll go back to the, the 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 fireworks bit, but we're already here. Um but she she ends up like getting a coke from a machine. It sprays her. She doesn't really think anything of it, I guess. And it's just like, wow, refreshing, which is real fucking weird. And goes to gym class, doesn't really participate, yeah. sees a bunch of ants. And is playing with the ants. And at some point had never washed her face after spraying soda in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, she didn't wash. So these ants get all over her. And, and then it's just people constantly noticing <laughs> the ants and her not noticing yeah. the ants, which really weirds yeah. me out. Yeah. Uh, and Did, then like like one boy uh, saw one like on her neck or her back or something and reached out when she like whips her head back around. Ants gone. And he like pulls his hand back and says, oh, it was nothing and walks off. And then she's she in her little inner monologue. She's like, what's with that tease? I'm all curious now. <laughs> but she's just Covered in fucking ants. Yeah, Tomoko would be somebody who would get bed bugs and not notice. Yeah, yeah. So I, so every time she was just shown covered in ants, and then she was like running to, like after she sprayed herself another time, she was like running towards her brother, and then she and he looks over at her. She's still covered in ants. It just looks totally haggard and greasy and just yep. awful. Yep. Take her outside and spray her off with the hose at this point. <laughs> yep. Um, but she's still, for whatever reason, wants to see fireworks with people. Ends up just going by herself after she fails. Looks like you's busy. You know, no one else is interested. Well, she doesn't really do anything about it. Well, she tries to go to the library and, like, pick up a lonely straggler. Yeah. She wastes, like, three hours there waiting for someone to... S- the like well, one girl by herself. Well, yeah, first there's a girl friends. by herself, and she's like, ooh, we've read the same book. I'm going to talk to her and go to the Sea Fireworks with this person. And then her friends show up, and then she's like, totally slut shaming this girl for like having friends having in friends. the library. <laughs> it's yeah. like, she just goes straight to slut shaming whenever she wants to insult someone. So, yeah, and then she uh, tries to do this like fake phone call to be like, oh my God. To like set plant the seed of like, Oh, if anyone would invite me to the fireworks, I'd be yeah. so happy. The, the the scene where she's got the... Because she kept the door slightly cracked so that he could hear. But then she's just out in the hall just staring in like a fucking crazy person. Well, And then she sets the alarm as like the phone call as if, you know, most people can't tell the difference between a phone call and an alarm going on. Right, yeah. Just her, her damn alarm, which that got me pretty good. Um but that fails like she because she sits in front of the other boy doesn't even notice that he's left the room yeah <laughs> after almost three hours so that all fails she ends up just kind of resigning herself to seeing it by herself goes to this uh rooftop that her and her friend would come here dressed in all black with you the, the her, her you chan her her friend and they would i don't know yell crazy shit into the 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 ether um, but whatever, kids are weird. And she starts to leave. Well, she gets there, and first thing she sees is that a love hotel has gone up next door. 
Yeah, there's a love hotel next door. Or was it officially a love hotel at that point, or was it just like something big and gaudy showed up? I think it was like Fantasyland or something was the name. So <laughs> I thought it was pretty obvious. Okay, okay. <laughs> they could be doing D and D in there. You never know. Okay. Um, <clears throat> wrong kind of DM stand. <laughs> right, right, right. DMs. And so they, uh, these two boys pop up, like younger than her, middle school, and then she gets like, oh, I guess. I guess this isn't all mine anymore. You know, someone else is going to find this abandoned roof. It looks like a very uh, uh, not heavily trafficked building that, that they were at. And then and she, she basically says, I'll leave if you want me to type. Yeah. Energy. But then she is able to like, she asks, she's able to talk to these strangers and say, Hey, is it okay if I stay? And then, which, which was huge compared to episode one, Tomoko. Well, she seems to be able to talk to people younger than her. Yeah, yeah, and play Magic the Gathering, and yes, <laughs> and um, so they're hanging out. I guess the, the, these two boys are like, "Well, it's not like we own this." Like, yeah, I don't see why you couldn't stay. So she thinks they're just here for the fireworks display, but then as the night falls, the lights go up on this love hotel, and these kids are just peering over the side, and it's just fucking peeping toms. Yeah, the uh, the description on Wikipedia for this episode is they end up watching a very different kind of fireworks. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, like, I really appreciated, though, that these kids, these two these two boys, like, because they're all laying down on their bellies, like, peering over the edge to into this hotel. And then she's getting distracted by the fireworks, starts looking off. And then the kid's like, hey, like, big sis, whatever, like, hey, older female person. Look, Keep your look, head look, down. look, look, look. And like they have uh, an inference that they're getting it on and she's all in. She's all in. Drooling. Well, and she says, you don't see this in the dating games. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that in girl games. Wow. <laughs> so that happened. Um, episode seven, we get this long arc of summer break. Oh, this episode was so fucking slow. The clock motif got... I was so done with it after about five minutes. Yeah, this one was rough. Um, I did... I laugh at... One day, she just realized that it's been like five or six days, and she hasn't done shit. And she's like sobbing and coughing in her room. And her brother is just in the other room like, oh my god, shut the fuck up. Well, yeah, because it's at like two in the morning, and she's just like yeah. having this breakdown. Um, I... I did laugh when she just ordered all the equipment to become an internet personality because I'm like, ooh, that hits a little close to home. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, she orders this like crazy fish lens camera, uh, goes through her little inner monologue or her like inner fantasy land of what would happen. And then uh, well, and she has like up. a full on like mixer and soundboard uh-huh. on her desk. Like she she got some legit equipment. She's got better stuff than you've got. <laughs> I ain't got shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> That is that is a low bar, and uh, but yeah, just doesn't even boot it up. Doesn't even boot up the stream. Can't can't bring herself to do it. Well, yeah, she starts like panicking about what is going to happen when dozens of people obviously jump on her stream and start will start asking her questions. Yeah, <laughs> and then she like starts doom scrolling, like going through this like blue link hell that sometimes I do. We're like, ooh, I don't. I would like to know more about that, and they get like. 
more and more like, you know, I started doing a Wikipedia search and then I'm starting to read about crazy murders where people eat their like faces or some shit. And it's like, how, how did I get here? Um, and she kind of works herself into that really horrible part of the internet and just kind of just stops. Uh, Oh, oh. but then this back half of the episode had me rolling for one particular reason. And this is when she has the ticket to go meet the voice actor and get lines recorded. And she stays up all night. Can't decide what she wants him to say. She was just going to go with something like, I love you, Tomoko. Uh, Yeah. And then the person in front of her asked for something a little racier than that. I forget exactly what it was. Oh, I wrote it down. I'm going to make a mess out of you. That's right. Yep. And she's like, well, if she can ask him that and he's going to roll with it, I'm going to ask him something crazy. And she like jumbles together every thought she has into just a mishmash of hell. And then the dude just rolls with it. And it's just dude, what full a pro full professional. Marcus would have stood up and applauded. <laughs> yeah. He says all the lines even gives it a different delivery sometimes. Yeah. Uh, depending on the on the words. Uh, gives her everything like you, you sow, you stink. It just says crazy, demeaning shit here and there. Yeah, it she was re- it was this crazy mix of like some demeaning, some positive. So it, it was just the vibes were all over the place, and dude just perfects it. And then she brings it home and then tries to mix her own voice. In. <laughs> she tries to mix her own voice in, and then she's been working hard on it too. Like she's got it all out. She's adding, and then but then like her delivery is like, "Wow, I can't believe you would do that." Just super deadpan. Like is not very skillful at being emotive on a recording, and for whatever reason, her mom walks in, and and this is it, the classic the microphone the that she plugged into the wrong jack. She plugged into the mic instead of the headset. Yeah, and then it starts playing. And then and then it just it just keeps playing. Yeah, yeah. This part was tough. Like I loved the bit before this, but then this oh, moment, man, I love. And they this. just freeze the animation and just let the audio play for a good <laughs> minute. Yeah, man, I loved it. So the you're like, did the stream break? In. And I just play the audio. Nope, they just no, froze it. No, the mom just took it all in, and then all she does is walk out. <laughs> So like it was like basically like what dinner's ready and just left. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I got a big kick out of that. That that one that hurt, but not as much as episode eight, which I think was the episode that hurt me the most. Episode eight was the the first part was weird because she has this little cousin who looks up to her because Tomoko put creates these crazy stories for. Um, the kid and the about kid how thinks, she's like dating a high school boy. And yeah, like, how mature she is and does adult stuff, all that crap for this little kid. Yeah, for a child in grade school, and yeah. this girl's like looking up to her, like, "Oh, this is my cool older cousin. I'm gonna think of her as a big sis." Yeah. Uh, so this was the episode where I was in the middle of watching, and uh, Jen came to tell me that she was gonna run to the store, uh, and. I paused it to talk to her real quick. And then she looks she's like, well, that's a really awkward part to pause it at. And I look back and it was uh, Tomoko, like just saying, I need to buy some sluttier clothes. Oh and I just, yeah. And I just turned back. I said, no, honestly, that's pretty normal for this anime. Unfortunately, <laughs> like, yeah. that's not even like the worst thing I've seen. <laughs> yep. 
So, yeah, this one was an, an odd one because then she 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 needs she thinks she needs sluttier clothes. Yep. So she goes and buys this outfit. Yeah. And then she decides she needs to give herself hickeys. So she's she, trying to do it to herself. Yeah, she can't do it manually, so she has to get... Uh, and then her mom's like, hey, vacuum your room. And then and she, or, 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 or no, I no, need she's, to vacuum your room. <laughs> and she's like, I'll do it myself, because then she sees an opportunity here. And then she just goes fucking psycho and just gives herself dozens of them. Yep. And then, and then eventually her, almost dies when she puts it on her mouth. Yeah. But then her mom comes in and, like, and says, you're always doing stupid things. Put on something long sleeved. And I mean, I get being frustrated, but like, man, this and then because um because mom throws hands too. Yeah, she slaps her and then just berates and this, her. This is the first of two moments where her mom just like loses her shit on Tomoko. Yeah, and I, I don't know if the because the tone of the show is like it's, it's supposed to be funny, but like, man, like just these like emotive, reactive parents. Piss me the fuck off. Um, and I, it doesn't come off. I, I don't laugh about about that. But that. No, I mean, be, it, it, it's it's not funny. Uh, and and this whole scene was just deeply like it's rough. Not it's OK. <laughs> yeah. And then she talks back during it. And oh, yeah. then And then the slap. Yep. 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 Um. But then the the cousin comes over. They go out for a walk. <clears throat> they go to the library, and the the boy that gave her the umbrella is at the library. And they have a nice, they have a quick little chat. And then she, and then he says, like, "Okay, see you later." Whatever. Like he has a nice chat with her. And then she's on cloud nine about it. Yeah, she's on cloud nine. And then he, you know, because they they explain the umbrella situation. But after he says "see you later," she just immediately takes that and runs with it and says, "Does that mean tomorrow and every day after?" <laughs> like, are we a thing now? Well, yeah. And then her cousin asks, "Oh, was that guy you're talking to your boyfriend? You keep telling me about." And then she says, "She says yes." And then in her head, she says, "We might be dating soon, so it's not a lie. not totally a lie." But then immediately after, they see him with someone else. And the cousin's very defensive and like wants to talk to the boyfriend. Says you're, you know, you're being mean to my my cousin. Yeah. yeah. This episode took me, I think, about ninety minutes to get through because it just kept hitting parts where I'm just like, pause, and I have to leave because yeah. I, I need I need to take a walk. This this is too too much cringe in one. This one was rough. And setting. It was like lacking a lot of humor. <laughs> um. Yeah. It it just it just all was cringe and it all hurt. Uh. Because, yeah, after that, after uh, Kai confronts uh, the boy, she then says, hey, I need to talk to him. And then she goes, like, full head to the ground, like, apologizing. And Kai sees this. Mm-hmm. Like, huh? And, you told and, him off by apologizing? Yeah. <laughs> and then to try to impress, get, like, win her back, she's like, I'm going to go show off how I'm the queen over a bunch of like six-year-olds in magic the Gathering. oh she's the queen and she had her deck on her and this like little gun holster sleeve thing yeah because she she wore like a coat in summer so she could hide the holster god and, and then, then cheats and then cheats she's gonna lose to this kid and then she she cheats 
Oh, man. And then there are, like, warnings plastered all over the screen. It says, do not cheat. That's not cool. Nobody likes you if you're cheating. Oh, there's... I forgot about that. There's so many times where, like, uh, various things pop on screen. <laughs> like, I, like Tomoko would say something like, you can do this, and I don't think it's illegal. And then with the screen, you go, it's very illegal. <laughs> it's very illegal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a, a rough episode. Um, that that was the hardest episode for me because it was just every the whole thing. Like this was the Scott's Tots equivalent episode, oh, I think. The just cringe from start to finish, and you and you can see it all co- like coming. Like they telegraph, oh yeah, the whole way how bad this is going to be, and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> and um, this episode, we get. Uh, She's looking forward to, I think, maybe seeing a movie or hanging out with you, I don't know, in a few days. And then you calls up says, hey, I have to cancel. I'm so sorry. I have to work at my uncle's cafe. And then says, I, I don't know who initiates, but I imagine it's you. Like, hey, I'd like I'd love for you to come stop by. Yeah, it was, if you're free, can you come stop by while I'm working? I'll yeah. treat you to cake, basically. Hell yeah. Yeah. Man, use the MVP. She does. She deserves better friends than Double Cup. I mean, she has other friends than Tomoko. She has other so friends. She's doing fine. <laughs> That's because she's well adjusted. Um, and uh, we have this uh, scene where she goes and visits. She has this weird, like, where she perceives her friend, and she's like, "Oh no, it's an outfit that like accentuates the bust." And as like short, short she just objectifies the shit out of her friend. Um, yeah, with this weird mix of like judgment and jealousy and all these conf- kind of conflicting emotions all at the same time. Yeah, which is rough. Uh, but then decides that she wants to join the cake or that she wants to join the cafe and she wants to make cakes all day. Oh, yeah, I, she has I, this weird she has this weird fantasy about it, and then asks her mom if she can knows anywhere she can get part time work working with cakes. Working with cakes, and her mom's like, "Oh yeah, I know somebody." And it's it's this sad, soulless uh, assembly line for cakes, and it's it's it seems terrifying. Um, yeah, it was damn. definitely a circle of hell to be on a like assembly line where you're just putting like the one thing on every cake yeah that 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 seems pretty awful yeah um we'll cut back to home tomoko has already quit her job after one day uh and then the mom's like well if you're on your summer break you already quit your job do some fucking chores uh we have a nausicaa in the valley of the wind reference where the mom's one of the giants like yelling at her to to just do something for once well, and then we find uh, out that Tomoko had basically not done any chores for the whole last year of middle school to get ready for exams. And now she's trying to make Tomoki do all the work, even though he's one year behind her and he's in his last year of middle school now. Yeah, so. he's doing exam stuff. So it's like, all right, well, so you're a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, contradicting in your behaviors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, she's tasked with was like cleaning out some of her stuff. Yeah, it was just a bunch of old like toys and dolls and, 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 and like school things and basically like a a purge of all your old shit 
that it's like figure out what you actually need to keep and toss the rest type. And you know what? I really appreciated that she got rid of most of that shit, but those little rubber uh, pop toys, whatever you want to call them. I love, I like those as a kid too. They're fun. Um, Especially she was playing with one. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the good shit. (laughs) Uh, That's that, that one's a keeper. Well, um, at least, but, at least we know she's not going to be a hoarder. That's that's probably the one positive hey. trait we saw so so far this season. <laughs> and what's that? At one point, she's out in like a park again. It's I think it's dark, and she's well, eating yeah, like there, a ramen. There was a meteor shower um, that her brother went to with friends, that's and so right. she was like, "I'm going to go watch alone, I guess," and that's wandered right. out. But she has this uh, ramen, uh, ramen by herself. Which it was funny because she's as she's like working on her ramen. I was like, "Oh man, ramen in the park in the middle of the night? That sounds okay." Watching uh, meteors, that'd be uh-huh. cool. And then, but then she's like, "You know what? They say like hardship or difficulties or whatever is the spice of life." And then she says, "All I get is spice," and then and starts to cry into her ramen. And then she wishes on a uh, falling star and says, eh, they don't come true anyway, so I just wish you had a boy to watch with me and then a cat a shows bo- up. Oh, yeah, but she hears some rustling behind her. She goes, what's that? A pervert? Nope, just a cat. <laughs> like, was she hopeful it was a pervert? I don't God. With Tomoko, it's tough to know. Yep. Episode 10, we get the worst thing possible like, to, ha- to happen to an introvert ever. They change up the seats, and she no longer has... She even comments on the anime protagonist seat that she had. She's like, (laughs) no anime protagonist things happened to me, but I at least had the seat, and people would leave me alone. (laughs) Now she has to be in the dead front center of the class, where she's like... She's second row, right in the middle. Right in the middle, and right next to the the most talkative group, it seems like. Yeah, the four that she's always judging the shit out of. Mm-hmm. Cuz she's always overhearing their plans to like go to karaoke and stuff. Always doing karaoke. Um and then she's doing her little inner monologue of her screaming, which cuts really nicely right into the uh this this cold open cuts right into the intro real nice. Oh yeah, that was great. Um which I did it in initially when I gave my initial thoughts, but Double props to that OP. That thing is going to be stuck in my head for a while. I actually really love the OP. Oh, yeah. Uh, if there was more like a righteous anger that the OP gave off to Tomoko, this would probably be a better series. But instead, yeah. she's just not a good person. <laughs> yeah, because I when I watched the opening, opening the first time and showed her like breaking through the chains and stuff and trying really hard to get away from it, you know, all the different symbolism and imagery there i was like oh okay maybe we'll have that we don't really get that no no that that imagery does not really match up to tomoko as a character no No. um but then she was trying to have lunch she's in this new seat she's worried that she's going to get bothered or doesn't 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 want to be around people well then she like goes to the bathroom comes back and someone had already taken her chair yeah taking her chair that sucks yeah but you could also be like, yo, that's my chair. I need it because I'm yeah, here. Yeah, go, go get one from somewhere else. This yeah. is my desk. And uh, instead, she's because she's conflict-averse, she tries to go, like, oh, I guess I'll try the roof. And it's locked. And then she even says, like, it's always locked. It's always unlocked on anime. Like, what the <laughs> hell? And, and you know what? That is totally fucking true. Like, who keeps these rooftops always unlocked in every fucking high school anime? 
because there's always some like broody protagonist up there just skipping class looking off into the distance saying i don't want to pilot the robot you know yep or up there flirting with this teacher or flirting with his (laughs) teacher sister and (laughs) oh man we haven't had a a good uh domestic girlfriend reference in a while uh and but then she finds this like little nook where it's like real dark. There's just light coming in from the outside. There's like this, uh, I don't know, pile up of cha- like stowed away chairs. Well, it looks like an desks. unused classroom, basically. Yeah. And she just kind of makes herself at home and makes this like cozy little dark spot away from other people. And then, I don't know, just, just really starts to enjoy it. Um she- yeah, she starts thriving in her isolation of like going there and eating lunch and playing video games on her break. And I get it though. No, I do too. It's like one of my favorite parts of each workday is coming home on my lunch and hanging out by myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this was like a weirdly like bittersweet, sad, ep- maybe not bittersweet, just bitter and sad, but like these little bits of like her being able to find some solace in just being alone for a while. But then they, if, this, because it's this fucking show, they take it away from her immediately. <laughs> yeah, she gets like a week in there before someone comes in and cleans it up and it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. She sits down there and gives up on it and goes back to the class. But then she um, finds that she's able to do, deal with it. No one really bothers her. It's just a, it's a it's a bit more effort, but she's you know able to sit around in the class and just eat her lunch. And then they start getting ready for the cultural festival. Which oh yeah, Tomoko's freaked out because she's like, I don't want to do anything with my class. So it's like, what if I start my own club and then I can do something with the club and I won't have to deal with these people. Yeah. Oh, right before that though, they had a Kimino Todoki reference, which I thought was was came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, she literally said, I I should have known I wasn't going to find my Kaisa Hayaku. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the? F- Man, just watching the show for the references, is it's not worth just watching it for that. But uh, it's it's fun to sprinkle in there every now and then. Especially, it seems like I've seen almost every single one of those, or at least know a lot of each one. I think the only one I know for sure you haven't seen that was referenced a bunch is K-On. K-On, I haven't seen K-On. There was a ton of K-On references in the show. But I it's K-On's big enough and been around, and I've been around the block a time or two that I've understand most of it. Um but yeah, she decides to make a daily life club. Um and then Which I was just thinking, well, here comes the zombie attack. Yeah, yes, yeah, the school school <laughs> living club or um there was this other show about these three girls uh called Yuyushiki. They have a club too. I forgot what their club was. Though they're in the data processing club. Oh, and what's the yep. anime called? Yuyushiki. Yuyushiki. It's okay. uh, just a comedy slice of life of these three girls. Um, it's it's cute and fun. I think you'd really like it. Uh, um. Oh, there's yeah. also so many uh, Harui references in this show. Oh, too. so many Harui references. That was that one in Nozaki were probably I think the most used. Uh, but yeah, she, so she has this, but then it, and like she's like, oh, "I'm gonna do this club," and then it cuts, and there's like members and of them just lazing around, 
interacting sometimes just doing what was it that they like the the buzzword these days parallel play is another one um, it, it was a full like three minute like imagination sequence about what the club would look like yeah and i didn't realize it was an imagination uh until it just cuts and it's like no you fucking idiot you got rejected because they weren't sure what you actually did or planning to do with this club yeah description too vague was the rejection yeah but episode 11 gets us into a full swing for the school festival cultural fest and tomiko she so this was this is where the the season probably should have ended because there were some bits of growth and a nice little cherry on top at the end right yeah, it needed. It probably either should have ended here, or it should have gone past. It should have been longer than twelve. Like, yeah, right. Tw- twelve was a weird spot to end it because yeah. it kind of it really feels like you pulled back any of the good things that happened in eleven. Yeah, because eleven, you know, Tomoko, she's sitting in the classroom because she <laughs> her plan to get out of it failed. Um, so she's back in the classroom just hanging, and she uh. Someone walks in and she, she she doesn't really have a task or anything like that. No one's really given her one. And someone walks in and is like, oh, I need these flyers cut. And then she gets all of her courage, screws herself up, and then just goes like, I can do, I can help with that. And she, and then there, but those two girls don't want to give it to her. They're like, oh, well, those boys haven't done anything. And she reasserts herself and says, no, I can do it in the and, creepiest fucking way possible. Oh yeah. Because well, she's like, I, I really like cutting things. <laughs> yeah, I really like cutting things. Great. That's usually like, okay, that means we're not giving this to you, and you're staying away from any scissors. Yeah. We need to confiscate any sharp objects you have. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but she's trying to participate, even though she's even if she's failing and going about it in a very strange way. Um, but, but then she gets the task, and then she's immediately figuring out, how do I stretch this out to take the entire five hours remaining in the yep, day? Yep, i got 300 minutes to kill. Let's go. And I, and I, I need to cut 100 sheets, so I, I need three minutes sheets. per. Yep, got to do calisthenics, and every 10 sheets, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh, but then plan foiled, those two girls grab those other two boys. Get them to help. Get them to help, and... One just picks up a stack, and he just does the whole stack at once, and just scissor cut the whole way up. Yeah, yeah. And if you, and if you if you've done that before, you know it gets a little wonky as you go. Uh, she gets mad. Uh, Tomoko gets mad, and then starts to cut furiously. Cuts herself real bad, and she's well, like, and she's using like an exacto knife. Yeah, and, and like a ruler and everything. Yeah, but so she's she, going. She's like, well, if they're going fast, I need to go fast. So she's going crazy at it and then just slices her fucking hand open. Yeah. It immediately chows down on it. <laughs> like chop. And then says the line, all I can taste is blood. Oh, crap. I need <laughs> oh, to go crap. to the nurse. Yeah. All I can taste is blood. And uh, she's r- like running to the nurse's office, runs into this girl who's got the stack of papers, who is the like cultural festival student council person, basically the president of the world. Yeah, and what was her name? Ime or something? Yeah. I-M-A-E, I think it was yeah. M-I-A or something, because they, yeah. Um, who is, other than maybe you, is like MVP of the show. 
like just nice and supportive and I don't know. Um, and but and takes an interest in Tomoko, thinking like, oh, she seems pretty eager to help, and kind of reads her as a as someone that she sees some potential in. And yeah, so I'm hoping that if because the show won't ever get renewed for another season. Um, hey, Spice and Wolf finally did. It could happen. <laughs> I don't think there are that many people. There, there isn't. Our people aren't exactly clamoring for another season of this. Well, it is like a top 200 popularity show or top mm-hmm. 300. It's 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 popular and um people enjoy it and I think it would do a lot for a payoff to have like another season where she has some growth. Yeah, it's like it's like 100 spots in popularity behind Spice and Wolf season 1. So yeah. it's decently popular. Yeah. Um but yeah, she runs into this girl, they Drop all the papers, <laughs> and Tomoko like quickly well, tries to. And I think in the collision, I think she also like bites her lip or something because then she she's like, like bleeding. She's like yeah, she's also bleeding from her down. face, <laughs> and then like dripping blood on all these papers. And <laughs> yeah, she's uh, just smearing I, her I may, hands around. I may just like grabs. She's like, "We're just taking you to the nurse. Paper papers yeah. can wait." <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really nice, but man, just her just smearing her blood around, trying to frantically get these papers hilarious but yeah i may was just like what no let's get you to the nurse and she's very very nice to her she's okay bye you know i got shit to do and she's like oh and she's uh tomoko feels like rejuvenated she's like okay i'm gonna go back i had a nice interaction with that person she was very nice i'm gonna go i'm gonna help back out in the classroom yeah and like the music cuts as she opens the door and then it's all done (laughs) Well, no. First, she goes down to the gym to help with the chairs because she wasn't doing anything in the classroom. Oh, yeah. There was an announcement from Aime again. Yeah. And then Aime has another interaction with her and says, oh, I'm really happy that you came and helped out here even after what happened earlier. Like, you Mm -hmm. didn't have to do that. Yeah. So, you know, lots of opportunities for growth, positive uh, interactions with people. Um. So takoyaki happens at some point. Um, oh yeah, it's because it's the next day, and so that so day one of the school fest happens, but day two is when you said like, "Oh, I want to come see your cultural fest." Um, so then you shows up, and then the and then the weird, and then <laughs> so you is like, "Oh, it's," or she calls her Tomochi, and it's like you know my friend, and she gives Tomoko a big hug. And again, I, she, she creeps on her her friend real bad to the point where she's like, "Oh, now's the time I could cop a feel." Like, holy shit! We do yeah. not assault our friends. Yeah, not. Uh, that was uh, not but great. I just chalk it up to like, holy shit, physical affection. Give me more. Like, she's just so. St- starved and that she just can't process any of this in a healthy way yeah she even mentions later that could i ask you for another hug um yeah like she can tell she wants she wants positive physical affection from people yeah and it's that connection with folks and so that's that's why i thought the show was like growing finally you know just doing something like she's admitting to herself what she would like in like not a completely horrible incel way and um, she has a bad time with Takoyaki. 
That, um, that was the first day where she throws throws it all up. Um, man, she throws and it all the second up. day, you gets her some more, and she was like, "Oh no, not the okay, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah," because she was like, "Oh, I'll buy her a bunch of snacks so that she might give me another hug later." Um, but and eventually, you's friends want to leave, so you's got to go. Yeah, she's got dim, and it's kind of you know bittersweet because she still had a nice day and everything, but she wanted that she wanted a little bit more. Um, and then for whatever reason. Uh, Aime sees uh, Tomoki just kind of sitting on the ground or the off to the side on her on her phone. Yeah, and, just kind of looking dejected. Yeah, looking uh, looking real rough. So then Aime puts on the uh, like mascot suit that has the that was when it was handing out balloons. Runs over there and then gives her a big hug and hands her the balloon. Or get, hands the balloon and then steals her in for a hug. Mm-hmm. And then, g- gotta give it to Aimee, she even does the doofy-ass walks of <laughs> of the the mascot character. And then Tomoko has, like, a decent day for the first time in her life. Yeah, and had positive interaction with a couple different people. Um, dipped out and didn't help with the cosplay cafe that her class put on at all. She even but- bought a costume. But didn't you didn't wear it in at school? Yeah. Um. So that needs some work because you shouldn't, you know, leave people hanging like that. But yeah. overall, on for Tomoko standards, a pretty solid cultural yeah. festival. Yeah. Um, episode twelve, we open with her like um, she runs past the the teacher that's guarding the gate is able to say goodbye a little bit better than she had in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she's thinking back on her, her last year or so, her first year of high school, and it's just misery. Uh, she's like, okay, then fun. I'll look to the, you know, forget the past. I'm just going to think about the future and the present. And that's what I can do. So then she decides to do that. She's going to start working on her, like, job questionnaire or something. Yeah, like, what, what's your plan after high school type questionnaire? And then she calls you about it, and you's like, "Oh, I thought you really wanted to be an arms dealer." <laughs> an and then arms we just get all these <laughs> clips of just Tomiko saying the most cringy shit about how much she knows about weapons. Yeah, I bet there's no other middle schooler in Japan that knows as much about anti-material rifles as I do. <laughs> and but then her friend, who instead of being like, "That was weird, bro," just goes, "I was just really." Uh, impressed with how like sure you were about what you were going to do in the future that was her takeaway yeah like you you had a goal and were seemed really determined to reach it and that's cool i've yeah, never that been that cool. confident uh-huh yeah because she asks you and she's like what are you gonna do she's like i don't know i don't know yet uh, uh so then goes back to school and then runs into email again uh and just sees her interacting with some other people uh, and she i think she's gonna take care of like talking to a teacher for them and then yeah, the yeah, two yeah. people start praising Ime about like how reliable she is and how helpful. And so Tomoko's like, that's all become popular, is I'll become this like indispensable like leader figure. Yeah, right. And, yeah, and she's gonna have just her happens own, overnight. She's gonna have her own skip and loafer arc. And yeah, you, you need a kind of drive and energy that Tomoko has not displayed up to this point right, that, right, to do that. Right. Um God, there was this really awful bit where she would like leave the room, but she would record everyone 
talking, and then she's like, oh, let's see what they talk about me. And then, then it comes back, and nobody says shit about her. Because you're basically not on anyone's radar because yeah, you don't yep. talk to anybody. And uh, a cockroach shows up, and she... We have this l- fairly long sequence of this cockroach, which does a Terra for Mars reference, by the way, which I did not expect that to come out at all. Uh, there was also an, a uh, an another reference, which was shocking. But she killed this cockroach, stomping the shit out of it, and then everyone's like, ugh. <laughs> the teacher's just like, just go wash off your shoe. Yeah, wash off your shoe. Everyone's like, why was she so enthusiastic? You're like, whoa, why was she so excited about it? And uh, she records people talking about her, and it's it's not great. It, so this, so like, while like episode eleven was like three steps forward, this one was definitely a three steps back kind of episode. Which yeah, it was. She got an idea, but took the wrong lesson from yeah. it. Basically, yeah. And she's, but then she's um, trying to talk to. Uh, Ime or Ime, how do they pronounce her shit? Imae, whatever. Uh, the Megumi character. And she's just stalking her through <laughs> the halls for a little bit, trying to catch up to her and work herself up. Then we have, I guess they're what crossing in between the two buildings or something. And then a big yeah. gust comes through. Panty shot for whatever reason. Just to make it more awkward, I guess. Just to make it more awkward. Well, yeah, because then it, I guess it completely flabbergasted her to the point where she had this, she worked herself up and then it deflated her completely. So she just like stammers and runs. So off. she just stammers and runs and that's her thing. But then like the other two girls are like, hey, who, who is that? And Imae is like, oh, you know, she's, you know, it's, it's Kuroko. She's, she's interesting. You know, she always goes around. She's so determined to do something. And that's interesting. It's kind of cute. And they're like, what? <laughs> cute? Nah, I don't know about that. And then she ugly runs for this <laughs> outro bit. And then and then she runs past you. And you just like, oh, we're running? I'm in. And then, <laughs> and then runs with her. Well, and her face was doing the craziest fucking like. <laughs> this felt like uncle from another seizure. world. <laughs> like her eyes were just flying all over her face. Oh, yeah. And I was a little high during this particular episode as well. So I'm just like, I don't know that I can watch this because I think I'm going to like cross yeah. my eyes and they're never going to go back. It was, it, it, it was nuts. She was doing crazy face. Uh, but I mean, I just, I thought that, that you just being down to run like, Hey, my run, my friends running by I'm down. That got me real good. And then, but then she was chasing her and she goes, Ooh, a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and then just stop. She, oh. she's supportive, but easily distracted. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I got a big kick out of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The whole final freakout scene was definitely a weird way to end it. Apparently, there is an OVA. Oh, I did not watch the OVA. Me neither. But you know, the end of the show has her saying, you know, going back to the unpopular girl definition and saying, huh, "Dad, that doesn't matter." And that was all the growth. Where <laughs> just getting that definition, it ruining her for twelve episodes, and her saying, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, but that didn't feel earned in any way. Because the Tomoko we see in the final episode didn't seem like one who would be able to just hand wave that. No, she was definitely making some progress, but it was always 
back and forth constantly. So and a lot of and a lot of like thinking she had an idea and going in the wrong direction with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's twelve episodes of Watermote. Uh, <sighs> big sigh of relief for Nicholas. Um, Absolutely. What, what did you think? Score. You know, final thoughts at a score. So, in my initial thoughts, I heaped a lot of praise on the studio that did this because I think they honestly probably did a pretty good job with the source material, especially my understanding that it was just kind of a bunch of really cringy scenarios that they somehow strapped together and to somewhat of a coherent plot with some really good visuals, music, other stuff. So props to the animation. Yeah. In terms of overall score, like a four. Oh, wow. Like a four. I I found it entertaining in some parts. And it, there was a handful of episodes, especially in kind of in the middle, like I think it was like six or five, six, seven that did get some laughs out of me. Yeah. But for the most part, Tomoko just made me really uncomfortable. And I just that constant cringe comedy. I, was yeah, just, yeah, I wanted yeah. to just turn it off and leave pretty much most episodes. Not every episode, but most episodes. Yeah, that's fair. So that part all made it very tough. This is definitely not a show designed for me. I am not the intended audience, as <laughs> this is not my type of humor. Okay, well, for me... Um, I'd probably give this like a six eight. I think six nine might be a little high. If I were back when I was twenty four, so this would probably rate a bit higher for me. But I'm a little bit more of an adult, and some of the stuff, while I get what they're trying to do, and then this, you know, kids are kids are fucking crazy and think crazy shit. Um, it. I yeah, wish. They, I wish the character had some more growth in the twelve episodes, or we, we can kind more, of see the trajectory. Hmm? More growth and more going on, because while kids do some crazy shit, they're not exclusively crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. So th- this was, you can you can give me a teenage character and be like, they got some hormones going on, so occasionally they do some wackadoo shit, but that can't be the only thing you show me. Right. Yeah. No, I. This show would do would would really benefit from having another season of more focused plot, uh, but and I hear that you know from what you said the manga kind of takes that route where there's like at least a story. Yeah. They're up to twenty four volumes of the manga, and the most recent one dropped like three days ago. Oh, <laughs> I'm that's impre- I, I that's impressive, and I'm, pr- I'm I'm pretty sure we only get like the first like three mangas for this maybe four for the season one so there's a lot that they could adapt but interesting obviously it's been a minute it, it's been a while yeah yeah i think like six six eight six seven or so i'd say i can't it's i i still it's it's funny because like a lot of the laughs just got me real good like i don't know those ants and then the coke spraying into the face just constant ants would just slayed me that that was probably one of the two best episodes was that one. Yeah. Um, just because while it was jokes at her expense, it was so over the top and ridiculous and not like personally cringy for her. Like she wasn't feeling cringe. It was the other people reacting to her, <laughs> I think made it a little bit easier for me to not feel so uncomfortable with it. And it was just so over the top that it, it did kind of hit that comedy note where I could appreciate it. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I like it less than I did before, but it's still all right for me and had some good laughs, but definitely has its problems. I mean, comedies especially, I think a lot of them, what hit you well when you were 23 probably doesn't hit you the same way when you're 23. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, well, that that's about it. Anything else before we wrap this one up? No, I. Uh, as far as I am aware, we are back to full as, full group assignments next week. So get excited to have Marcus back in the podcast, yeah. and not just the two of us talking. We'll get Marcus back. We won't be uh, fucking up voice actors like we apparently did for Redline. <laughs> yeah, big deal. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, Marcus will give us the the lowdown when they're back. Um, we'll look forward to it. This was our second little was a side quest story. Uh, we may have these in the future uh, if one of us just life happens. Life happens, um, whether you like it or not. Um, but we'll be back to a regular scheduled broadcast uh, broadcast next Wednesday. And I was joined by my uh, co-host Nicholas. See you guys next Wednesday. See ya. Thank you for listening to the second side quest episode of the Anime Backlog Podcast. Next week, we will be back to our regular rotation with episode 32. This episode will feature Dan, Marcus, and Nick going through their thoughts on the first eight episodes of the 2004 masterpiece, Monster. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review, tell your friends about the show, and follow us on social media. We really appreciate any and all support in growing the podcast. You can follow the show on most social media platforms to get updates at the handle at the anime backlog. You can also follow us individually on Twitter, Dan at Avarice77, Marcus at MarcusRVO, and Nick at NickSparts. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will catch you next Wednesday. Bye. Let's <laughs> go.